This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is attorney. Attorney April Prayer. Great. <laughs> You're great. You know, I was uh, I was listening to you on Ben Jarofsky's show last year, and I was like, wow, I got to have her on the show, and I'm so happy that you're here. Tell the good people uh, about what type of uh, law you practice and your famous phrase, shut up and lawyer up. <laughs> got to talk about that. So, yeah, so I practice criminal defense, and I've done that for 22 years. And then about 12 years ago, I picked up a law partner, and he happened to be in the business of suing dirty cops that beat up our clients. And so I started also doing that civil rights litigation, um, and the two go well hand in hand because a lot of times our arrests would end up with our clients being injured in some way, and then we would turn around and sue the municipality that the police worked for. And I say that because uh, I never, I hope to never, ever, ever have to call you. <laughs> so the question is, when should we call a lawyer, a criminal defense attorney? So one, normally it's a family member that's making that call. Usually the person in custody, their phone is confiscated. They can't really gauge when they're going to actually have access to a telephone. They don't get the phone call as fast as they think. And so usually it's a family member who becomes aware of the arrest or maybe was with the person as a passenger and the driver got arrested. And you want to make that call or the person in custody wants to make that call at the point that the person is not free to leave. So if it's you and you're the driver of a car, you're walking down the street and the police officer handcuffs you. Obviously, you wouldn't be free to leave. But there are some situations that are a bit more nuanced. So maybe you're in the police car, you're in the backseat of the police car, but you're not handcuffed. I would say you're not free to leave because that door is likely locked. Same thing if you're at the police station. Police say, hey, we want to talk to you. We want to get your side of the story. We heard that you're a witness. But when you go to turn the handle to get out of the interrogation room, that door is locked as well but you're not handcuffed. At that point, I would say you're not free to leave. If when your car is being pulled over on the side of the road, if it's not just one police officer walking up to you, but maybe three police officers are surrounding you and they all have their weapons drawn, you're not handcuffed, you haven't been arrested yet, but you're not free to leave. And at that point, you need to ask for an attorney because what people are inclined to do is try to talk themselves out of situations. Well, I didn't do anything or I just did this. And what they don't realize is normally they're talking themselves into very much worse situations. Now, choosing a lawyer. And when, you know, how do you know if this lawyer is right for me and my family and my case? How do you how does a person choose? I actually never know how to answer that. Because most of the time people find lawyers by word of mouth, maybe their friend used that person or, you know, back when we had the yellow pages, people would choose me out of the yellow pages. So I would say you may have to vet a few attorneys, just like if you were going to a therapist, you might have to vet a couple of therapists before you choose the one to work with. But I'm going to say it's going to be the one who answers your questions in ways that you understand. And that's something I've gotten very good at is not talking over the heads of my clients, not using fancy legalese and, and fancy Latin terms so that they don't know what in the world I'm talking about. You want somebody who answers your questions, 
who is responsive and who you feel like you vibe with. But it is a, it's a difficult decision because a lot of people, most people make a decision about an attorney like they shop for shoes. They're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get the cheapest shoes like I would from Payless. I'm going to go and get something functional that I can get to and from work in. And they don't want to spend a lot of money. So a lot of people call me and they just want a price quote. And they have no idea if I'm the best fit for them. They have no idea if the 10 other people they called who quoted them a lower price because I'm always going to be on the higher end. They don't know if the other 10 people they called are a good fit for them. So I would say you have to sit down, vet that person, ask them some questions, and make sure that they specialize in whatever area it is you need. So if you need a probate attorney, don't go talk to a tax attorney. If you need a tax attorney, don't come talk to me. And so a lot of times there are attorneys who want to be jacks of all trades and who specialize in a lot of different areas. And that's great, but you probably, if you're in criminal, if you have a criminal case, you're going to want somebody who is familiar with criminal law, who does it on a regular basis, because the stakes are often very, very, very high. Attorney Prayer, we're almost done with this podcast. I, I used to go to public schools years ago and do career days and that kind of stuff. And a lot of the high school and grammar school students, they wanted to be, I asked them, what you want to be when you grow up, right? They want to be attorneys, lawyers. And so I want you to end this podcast. Uh, first, I want to thank you for being my guest on Just a Few Questions. And I want you to end this podcast with some inspiration or some some, some let's say some sobering inspiration to just tell students high school grammar school college if you want to be a lawyer this is what you should think about become a good writer it's imperative that you become a good writer and this is honestly why most people who fail the bar once they get that far fail the bar the most why most people flunk out of law school is because they can't write they cannot string a verb and a noun together in a proper way. And so if you're a weak writer, you're going to struggle all throughout college. You're going to struggle all throughout law school. And so you have to become a very strong writer. And it's also going to help you in your speaking skills. You know, whether you are an attorney who stands up in court like I do and actually litigates cases, or whether you are one who stays in the office, you still have to be able to communicate. And especially in this time where so many of us rely on social media and we rely on tech speak where, you know, the word T-O is reduced to the number or the, the, the word U, Y-O-U is reduced to the letter U. You have to become very comfortable with actually expressing yourself in the written word and in the spoken word. And so a lot of times people say, oh, I'm good at arguing, so I'm going to become a lawyer. That's a very small part of what we do. In order to argue, you have to be a critical thinker. You have to be able to issue spot. And you have to be able to communicate whatever your stance is in a way that somebody else can understand. So I was going to say tackle writing now. Don't wait until you are 22 and 23 and about to take the LSAT. No, you want to do that in seventh grade. <laughs> you want to master that by ninth grade so that you are a strong writer and then you can have your pick or choose of careers. And then the other thing I would say is don't sacrifice your passions for a profession. So one thing I've always been very good at is, yes, I'm a lawyer, but I'm also a painter. I'm also a writer. I'm an author of six books. I'm also a public speaker. I do a lot of different things, and I've been very good at not letting any of my passions die just for the sake of a title. <laughs> <laughs>